Here we are for another episode of Can You Teach Me That? My name is Martin Clausen. And I'm Neil Drought. And today we have the absolute pleasure to have Manuel Suarez with us here today. And Manuel is not only the CEO, he's also the founder of Attention Grabbing Media, which is a digital marketing agency who specializes within the messenger chatbot, but I know he does much more than that. There's a strategy, branding, social media as a whole. And I'll let uh, Manuel kind of talk in more detail about that. But Manuel, before we get started, I want to have kind of a question to look a little bit about your personality traits and how you might think the way you do so we understand about the answers as we, uh, we go ahead. So I want to know, you can have dinner with only a living and also a dead person. Who do you choose and why? Living person, man. Uh, nothing like life. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't, I'm not particularly fond of, uh, of walking dead zombies <laughs> or dead people. I rather definitely engage with human beings. I'm an extrovert, Martin, definitely an extrovert. Okay. So, so let me rephrase in that sense. If you, who would you want to have the dinner with? If you can pick anybody in the world today, who would you want to sit down and have dinner with? Well, that was, uh, I answered your question literally, right? Um, so if I could pick anybody to have, wow, that's an intense question. I would definitely say that uh, there, there's two ways that I can go about it. I can have um, uh, that person that I guess that I've been a fan for most of my life and I admire personally. And that could be somebody like a Michael Jordan. Um, just because I, I grew up being a, an athlete and playing sports and, yeah. and doing all that uh, was a big part of my life. And um, if I were to sit down with somebody that I knew was uh, an incredible person that accomplished incredible things in life, um, I would probably want to sit down and pick the brains of somebody like Steve Jobs. Uh, I read his book. I read his biography. And... Um, um, I, I do not relate with the way he handled people uh, because I no. know how he, how he actually built his empire was not necessarily with honey. He did a lot of, uh, um, it was a, he was an intense personality overall, but uh, I believe that he was a special individual that accomplished some great things. And that's something that I look up to for sure. Yeah. Love that. And first and foremost, I don't know if you can see it, but I got uh, Kobe and LeBron right there. Uh, and I'm nice. a massive Timberwolves fan, so that's Zach Levine when he used to play. So the Michael Jordan answer, uh, near and dear to my heart already. So that would be something we could talk about for hours. Uh, Manuel, I think I'm, I'm getting older. How old are you, Martin? I think I'm getting I'm older now. 34. Okay, good. So yeah, you're, you're more in the Kobe and, uh, Kobe and LeBron era. Yeah, uh, I caught, catch yeah. Jordan's tail end. Right, right, right. There you go. The, the, twi the, the wizard years that we don't want to talk too much about. <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, so essentially uh, here before we kind of dive in, because I, I do have so much to teach us and the people listening, and I know that I've been checking up on some of the stuff and I cannot wait to dive into it. But I want to know a little bit about kind of your hobbies and passions, if there are any around what you do now. I know you grew up as a, as a pretty uh, exceptional tennis player, but what do you nowadays, if it's not marketing, what are some of your like hobbies and passion you like spending time on? I don't know any subject other than mar marketing in my life, Martin. That's a great question. Uh, just kidding. Um, I, do, I do have, I can tell you that my life revolves around three distinct areas. And that's it. All right. And it's very simple to describe uh, my days in and out. Okay. It's uh, marketing and running my agency. It's a lot of fun. That's uh, basically my number one hobby. Mm -hmm. is running my organization. It's the one that I enjoy the most of all of them. Um, I have uh, 
you know, my kids, I have three of them. That's another part of my life, uh, my wife, and I enjoy them quite a bit. Uh, going back to the subject of marketing, uh, just like these kids enjoy playing Fortnite and Xbox, and they, I enjoy marketing and selling stuff and capturing attention and helping others and teaching. That's my fun. That's, uh, I guess that's my passion and what drives me every single day. So we're talking about my marketing business, my kids, and my football passion, which is uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, then American football. Uh, I don't know, uh, you guys are not big fans of American football generally, right? But over here, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that's what I do on Sundays. I, that, last night, we had a game Monday night, and uh, I try to go visit the Cowboys as much as possible and see them play throughout the year. But that's basically my three areas. I got my marketing agency, I got my kids, and I got my Dallas Cowboys. And that's all I do. Nice. And we do, it's not as big, but I, the thing is, when you then do have people that are fans, I have a friend who's a diehard Cardinals fan, uh, then they go balls to the walls. It's, it's extreme. So that's the funny thing about it. Why, it's not widespread, but when you have fans, they seem to be diehard, like up 4 a.m. watching the games and all of that. Totally. I'll be in a bad mood if they lose. I'll be in a great mood if they win. Uh, people know do not talk to me. My kids, they stay away and they stop bothering me. Like, that's just the way it is. I mean, I can't help it. It's just the way it is, right? Like, I, I grew up being, uh, it's a, you know, it's, a, it's a, something that um, it's quite connected to entrepreneurial DNA, meaning that we are competitive. Uh, we like to win. Uh, I don't like to be mediocre, uh, mediocre at anything. I, when I do something, I want to do it well. And I was like that my whole life. I played tennis and I wanted to be the best. And I, if I didn't win, I would be so mad and rage for days. And I would just get back to the courts and I would keep on practicing until I got better. Um, anything that I did in life, whether that was good or bad, I wanted to be the best. I did a lot of bad things in my life. And I was the best at doing bad things too. <laughs> you know, I was really good at destroying too. And it's, it's, a, it's a skill that I actually mastered too, at destroying girls and, and, uh, and other things without getting too many into many details, but no. uh, we generally, uh, as entrepreneurs, uh, when you're a good entrepreneur, you have that competitive uh, will that mm -hmm. you want to win. And uh, I want my football team to win, and I, I take it very seriously. And uh, I mean, it's, I think I had my, um, my executive assistant, um, when she started working with me, she, uh, she was trying to figure out life around me and uh, things that were important. And then she tells me, um, Okay, your calendar is open on Sunday. And I'm like, no, it's not. Uh, what do you mean? You got? I'm like, the Cowboys are playing. And then she goes, LOL. I almost fired her. You know, like, what do you mean, LOL? I'm telling you, the Cowboys are playing on Sunday. Are, are you kidding me? You know, it's like, so like, people don't understand that passion and that drive. Mm -hmm. and, but but it's, it's real and it's just, you know, as long as you get to do what you like to do and, um, and, and you keep on flourishing and expanding and helping other people, why bother? Why, why criticize what other people like to do, right? This is going to be fun, Manuel. I can already tell. Uh, can you, do you mind taking us back? So we already alluded to the fact that you had the, the tennis player background and that was probably mostly when you were a kid. And then how, how much, if you were to, if I am to ask you now, tell me about up until the point where you had that switch in your life where you started the agency. I think it was in 2015. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long life right now. So which ones would be like, so for me, because with the podcast, what we like here is to kind of show people like, even though you might have walked one path, 
you switched at one point and I kind of want to get into like, was it a specific thing, but which would be relevant for you to take us as far back as you can on, up until 2015? What part? I think my, I think my moment is a, a crucial moment in life. I, I'm 38 years old now um, as of this recording. And I can tell you that um, 30 years of my life, I was not really interested in business. I wasn't really interested at all. I wasn't interested in school, uh, degrees. Um, I wasn't interested in any of that stuff. Uh, I used to um, hope, and I'm telling you for real, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny, but this is a reality. I used to hope that I would find a powerful woman to marry that maybe had a lot of money. Or maybe that my dad would make so much money that I'm going to be just fine because eventually I'm going to get an inheritance. That's just the way that I operated, especially okay. because I was... Uh, I didn't have a, a way. I didn't know that I could produce money. First of all, I didn't believe that I had the skill to produce money. Second of all, I didn't have a career. So the system that I was growing up with in would make me feel, or I would agree that I was supposed to be a failure. Why? Because I didn't graduate from college, because I barely graduated high school. Um, the only reason I graduated high school was because I... I had a way with words and I knew how to talk my way through things. So I was able to talk my way through university, even though I was failing all over the place. So uh, I was not supposed to succeed. I didn't have any, any real evidence that I had any inkling of um, what I'm doing today on, on this particular subject. I still don't have a certificate on the wall. I still, the only reason that I'm here talking to you guys and I am an influencer on the subject and I'm, I talk in big stages and I handle marketing for a lot of big guys and special people is because I delivered based on my own learnings and experience. That's just the way it is. Not because of a degree or any of that stuff. So in 2010, my beginning is, um, I guess we can call it having no choice. Uh, or also what they, what they also described as necessity level, meaning that I had no choice but to produce energy so my family could survive. If I didn't, the family would not be able to feed itself. I looked at my wife, 2010, economy had collapsed, United States. I had a nine-to-five job. Uh, I was making $500 a week. And uh, um, it basically cost me $400 out of 500 to uh, keep my house and pay for that mortgage that I couldn't afford because I was given a house that I was not supposed to be given. And that's what was causing the economy at that moment, right? So 2007, things start um, going downhill in the United States. Um, so 2010, I looked at my wife in her, in her eyes and I said, um, Maybe I don't have any money to buy diapers and uh, I don't know what to do. And uh, my job has decided to cut my pay in half and I'm going to have to figure something out. I promise you I will. And at that point, which was nine years ago, I declared bankruptcy and I had to uh, start all over and look at possible options and I lost my job and I didn't know what else to do. So it was a process of uh, every single day figuring out what the heck am I going to do with my life. Um, my dad had a business called Natural Slim. And that business in Puerto Rico was already uh, in trouble 
Puerto Rico was bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico was in a lot of its own trouble. And he was not able to grow in that island. He was stuck in it. So we had a combination of difficulties. Everybody was collapsing in all possible angles. Uh, so I just, uh, my initial process, I can tell you, Martin, that it all became not about becoming a successful entrepreneur. It was basically about surviving. I want to survive, not for myself. I feel I have a responsibility for my kids. Uh, I have three babies. At that point, my third baby was born in 2010. Uh, I had 2006, 2008, 2010. And I felt like an obligation to figure out a solution for them. So I spent a few years looking at stock market, uh, maybe learn how to do this or maybe figure out how to get a loan so I can flip a house. Or I tried a billion things. Uh, most of those things failed. Uh, 2013 was the first moment in which I found something that really felt right. And that was an introduction into the Amazon world by um, my brother-in-law. Okay. And, uh, and then from there, it's a long story, uh, six years of expansion and uh, that has uh, gotten me to where I'm at today. Uh, big brands, um, handling accounts for uh, incredible people from Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, to uh, a person runs, running a $400 million corporation a year, Mr. Tom Cummins, to Dr. Eric Berg, to making my dad an international celebrity. Um, all those things happened in the last six years alone. Yeah. And it's been a lot of up and downs, mostly ups, because that's how you win. Entrepreneurship is not about only ups. It's about ups and downs. And that's what people forget about. The downs are part of it. Uh, only in the movies, you go straight up and vertical. Uh, not in real life. In real life, you go down, you get some experience and you go back up and then you go down again. And that's just the way it is. So about a lot of experiences. I think that in 2016, um, I had accomplished a lot of success with my own brands and a lot of expansion, more than I could have ever dreamed about and with my dad and uh, making him an international phenomenon, especially in the Latin American world. And that led me to, okay, maybe I can do this for other companies. And I created the um, AGM marketing agency at that point to start taking in clients and helping them out. And today we're an organization of 54 staff. Long story short. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I'm going to reel it back a bit. Uh, if, so you had three years there where things were really rough from what I could do the calculation, right? Where you're probably living from, from paycheck or whatever you could do. So with the Amazon thing, how long did it actually take from you to start learning? And did you start at that stage on absolute zero marketing knowledge and your brother-in-law held your hand and started to guide you through it? Like kind of how was your approach towards it for somebody who might want it to go like, but how did he start if I'm looking to start? Like what were your first steps? You know, I wish I had uh, a lot of the help. I offer people a lot of help these days. I didn't have that. Um, I, I guess that um, 2013, when I got presented with that opportunity, my brother-in-law, who's the one that presented me the opportunity, by the way, he's still my partner today. Okay. Uh, he, uh, he was also new. He had just got, got himself presented the opportunity. Okay. And, and we started uh, through this very famous program called the Amazing Selling Machine. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's, it was a $5,000 program. Uh, I didn't have any money to buy it. Uh, and um, uh, we decided to split it between like four people 
and we all shared the access, which is, I believe that's kind of like illegal to do so, <laughs> but I had no option to get that, to get yeah. it to any, any other work on the place. Now, this is the, this is the truth. Uh, the truth is that I never did that program because uh, I started with that. And then um, I don't know if you know how that whole thing works, but there's a, there are basically people promoting that program and those people give you special bonuses mm -hmm. uh, to join the program. Yeah. And uh, I went in for an organization called Rapid Crush. Uh, this organization had people like uh, Jason Flatland, uh, Ben Cummings. Um, these guys were the ones that um, basically introduced me to the Amazon world and they had their own training and I clicked more with their training uh, than I did with um, anything else. So if I, were to fat, if I were to go back again in a new unit, right, if I had to be sent at that point again, with all the experience that I've had, I wouldn't even start with a course. I can tell you that right now. Okay. Um, anybody that's listening to this podcast that wants to go down a similar path, you don't have to buy a course. Let me tell you that, all right, right now. If you have extra money and if you have, uh, uh, let's say that you, you're okay. Like, let's say that you are in a position similar to what I was. Even going down the path of uh, studying all the free content out there will get you enough to get started. All right. Um, you can go to YouTube and find questions on uh, how to start an Amazon business. There's a lot of free education and free resources. So I, I want to make sure that the reason that I'm telling you this, because I'm a big believer in education, obviously, Martin, you know that um, I have trainings, mm -hmm. I have podcasts, I have uh, uh, pro entire programs on different subjects from Facebook advertising. So I'm a believer in education, but I'm also a believer in not having excuses, more importantly. So if somebody tells me, look, Manuel, the thing is that I cannot afford your programs. Well, let me tell you something. There's so much free information out there that if you put attention on it, you're going to get enough data that otherwise you would have to pay for it. Now, what is the difference between all the free information and um, what you get on a course, like the ones that I sell or anybody else out there sells? When you buy a course, when you have the advantage, the wherewithal of having money to buy a course, you get the perk of having a roadmap. Mm -hmm. You get to go from step A, step B, step C, et cetera. And that is the advantage of a course. But if you are in a condition that all you can afford is a cell phone bill and you don't have any money to buy a $1,000 course or a $500 course, I want you to know that any excuse that you have is not valid. Because right now we have, for example, this is a podcast, you're getting educated. You can listen to podcasts, you can watch YouTube series, trainings. You can watch so much content out there. There's so much education that the excuse of I cannot afford a course is no longer valid. The roadmap for somebody that doesn't have any money would have to be get all the content out there that's free as much as possible consumed. Get started. And at some point, if you do things right, if you fail enough, and pick yourself up and keep going, at some point, you will be able to actually invest on a course so you can follow more of a detailed outline. And that's the way that you actually have to get this done for you to be able to continue the growth. I can tell you that in my case, Martin, I had no money. My dad didn't have any money. 
I didn't have any solution for that. What I did was that I focused on doing as much free training as possible. I did this course with my brother-in-law through the Rapid Crush program. And these guys that I um, got all excited about. Mm -hmm. And then I did a lot of free training. I listened to podcasts. Uh, Instead of listening to music, I was actually listening to training. I, I bought $10 audiobooks. Uh, I read and read and watched and watched. And just for a year, I looked at how do I get really good at this? How do I become a professional in this area? At this point, I can tell you that I still, this is 2014 now, okay, 2014. One year of no training, I still did not have money to invest in a brand because this is a reality. If somebody's telling you that you can start your own brand with $200, they're lying to you, all right? You need some money. You need a couple thousand dollars to invest to create your own brand, all right? It doesn't have to be a lot, but you need some money to get started, to do some initial marketing, to get some, uh, for example, positioning on Amazon, to get some e-commerce sales. You do need some capital, right? So that's a reality. So I had to figure out at some point, I'm going to learn so much. I'm going to study so much that I'm going to become an asset to anybody else out there. So what happened was that I had a friend who also still works with me, who uh, in my, I had a job. He was also working there. This friend, uh, he was selling bed sheets on the road. He used to uh, take his, uh, Interesting. Uh, he, he used to buy, he used to buy bed sheets at $11 from China. He had a supplier in the United States. Uh, these bed sheets were called Clara Clark and it was $11 bed sheets. And he used to put uh, a banner sign and put a tent on different corners of the city that we were living in. And then uh, he used to sell them for $20 or $25. So then every single bed sheet, he would profit $9, $14. And I, I saw this and I was like, wow. Yeah. I wonder if we grab this same concept and send this inventory to Amazon instead of having to sell it on the streets. I wonder if that's going to work, right? So now, so what we did was that we actually grabbed those same bed sheets and I said, uh, I said uh, 200 of them, uh, let's just start with that, 200 of them. And we printed labels on our computer, all right? Computer, just super cheap design. Printed them out, cut them off, grab those labels, remove the Clara Clark. I mean, I'm not kidding. Go to, Amazon and, yeah. go to Amazon and check Clara Clark, all right? And you see that? You're gonna see those labels that are at the top. All we did was that we removed those labels and we put brand new labels on it. And that was our brand. And our brand was, was called Cozy House Collection, C-O-S-Y. And then us in our pajamas at nine o'clock at night, uh, me and um, two other guys, we, without me investing a penny, we took this brand, we put it on Amazon. And this Amazon brand, within nine months, it was doing $100,000 a month. Within 18 months, it was doing $600,000 in sales a month. Just like that. From our kitchen in our pajamas. So this is totally an idea. Like this era that we have in front of us, mm-hmm. we take for granted. We are using these phones all the time. We're all communicating over the internet. And supposedly presidents are being elected with the use of it, but we don't understand the power that it has to help us build brands. And that's the idea. And that's my goal is to help people wake up. Somebody like me, ex-drug addict, bankrupt, 
uh, no training, no marketing career, no degrees. I'm able to build six figures, seven figures, eight figure businesses like that. So what is it? Is it because I'm a genius or is it because I woke up to the opportunities and decided to do something about it? It's actually quite magical, right? I, don't, I see a lot of people around me that are smarter than me. I just decided to do something about it. And that's all, right? And it's a process. It's a process for all of us, but the opportunity is basically quite big for any of us that want to get something done to take advantage of that. And so, yeah, Neil, go ahead if you're here. Yeah, I was, it's just kind of, I think- Neil is here. It. Neil, I'm glad to hear you. I've been looking at your face for a long time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm the quiet one. But right, I mean, you're not supposed, if you're the quiet one, you're not supposed to have a dragon behind you, man. Cause it's like, you're like a dragon. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah, but it's gotta, it's gotta be Come ready on, to pounce. And conquer the world, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So you kind of hit it on the head at the start and the beginning of that. Sorry, and we've got the hook back here. We got the hook and the dragon. Sorry. I just got yeah. to say that. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I promise I won't, I won't interrupt again. You kind of hit it at the start of it and the end because you're saying about how you were just kind of hoping to find somebody rich to marry or your dad would earn big. Um, there's a lot of people that are very much, I'd love it if I won the lottery and they're waiting for that landfall that will not happen. Whereas on this, you just literally went, you know what, I can't wait for that. I have to push on. And you have. Um, but isn't that also a case of Manuel? Like totally. This is a lonely game. Like you have to also probably agree on the fact that we, this entrepreneurial spirit does not, does not necessarily, uh, that's not the majority of people thinking that way. Like you must also know with your drive and all this, that that's not, you, that's not what you see most around you, is it? As far as personality traits. So do you feel like everybody, you could do this if they had that, but not everybody has that kind of drive. Or do you think like they'll be able to adopt that and, and you would pave the way or kind of by doing this, by sh showing it, isn't necessarily enough for a lot of people. They're going to doubt themselves for some reason. Like what's your... Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Neil, I believe, um, and Martin, I believe that everybody can do better. All right, everybody. If they change their minds about whatever the situation is. I believe that if they decide to make some changes, they can make those changes. That if they realize where they're wasting time, they can change that and just start investing their time in something that's going to help them grow. Now, it's true. I'm a little crazy and I'm a little unique like that. And there's a few people that are key um, personalities or like strange. I believe that now, I didn't believe that about myself a few years ago. I can tell you that a few years ago, for one second, I did not consider myself to be special. I didn't, all right? The only person that I felt considered me special was my wife, all right? That's the reality. I didn't see myself as a super being. Now, now I do. Now I consider myself special because it's inevitable for me to look back and see what I built mm -hmm. and realize that most people have not done that. 99.999% of people have not accomplished the expansion that I have in the last six years. And I have a lot of staff under me that look up to me and I see that they also believe in my drive, my passion, and they stick with me. So I understand that about myself right now. But no matter where somebody is at, they can all go to another level. They can all expand. They can all grow if they make some key changes. Now, uh, as uh, Neil was talking about that, I, was just, I literally had that viewpoint of, I want to have somebody else make my life easier instead of me 
figuring out how to make my life easier. I think one crucial moment, and, I, and I, I, I've talked about this with my dad. This is like not a secret, right? Because I, I told him how I used to feel about it. I was like, there was one point in which, I don't know if you guys know about my dad, right? He's a, he's a health nut, right? He, he's a health expert. That's his thing. I literally had a moment in which I looked at him and I said, fuck, this guy is going to probably outlive me, you know? <laughs> Seriously, right? Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. found that. And I said, it's not going to happen. I mean, if I keep on waiting for this guy to make my life easier, it's just not going to happen. This guy is like probably headed to 110 years old. All right. Just uh, the way that he's at right now. He's actually 70 years old. He looks super young, energetic, passionate, strong drive, managing the business every day, creating content, does seven, 10 videos a week. I mean, he's a beast. So when is that going to slow down? So at some point I was like, I guess I have to do something about it myself because he seems to be pretty healthy, right? So I had that wake up moment, especially looking at my kids and seeing how there's a lot of things that they could have, but they don't. There's a lot of uh, things in life that they could enjoy, but they can't. And as I was looking at that, it just became something that I took responsibility for. And I said, I'm going to do something about this. I'm just going to change this. I didn't know that it was going to happen. I mean, when you look at back right now, when you look at it, uh, when you look at it six, seven years now in the making, six years, it's been such a long stretch. But at the same time, it just happened like that. You know what I mean? It's a combination yeah. of, wow, that went by fast. How do I have this agency already? How do I have this business? How, did, how does my dad have 1.3 subscribers on YouTube? How do we go from one small bankrupt island to nine countries and doing $40 million a year? Well, it's one step at a time, climbing that mountain, learning more, focusing, stop wasting time on things that are not helping you, learning, obsessively learning. That's a kind of a secret formula. Oh, if yeah. you are not learning every single day something new, your potential to grow is highly limited. You got to learn. You got to stop having the idea that you know everything about a subject and you got to realize that you don't know anything and that you want to learn because there's a lot of people out there taking advantage of these opportunities, of these platforms. And if you take advantage of them, you can actually accomplish growth too. But if you say, I already know all about it, then you stop yourself from being able to enjoy them and grow, right? Yeah. Could not like, and, and me and Neil, the same nature, like we do the same thing uh, as far as like daily learning and like we're on talks all day. So I love this. Like we're, we're in tune with what you're saying. A few things though, here struck on my So with your father, if that in mind, if he's always had this drive and whatnot, and you kind of were looking at him and thinking like he, he may outlive me, did he push you at any stage? And, and was there like a, a relationship there as far as like you, son, you should be like doing more with your life than what you are. Was that like a, a distant relationship that wasn't, a, that was just maybe not a part of the, the relationship you had with him or, or how did that kind of, I, I know you helped him now, but what was this relationship towards you? The only reason that I am close with him right now, uh, it's because I became a businessman. That's the reality. Uh, my dad is a businessman. That's what he is. He's business. I can tell you that he has four kids. There's two of them that he doesn't talk too much at all because they don't have anything to do with his business. Uh, with me, I'm the closest one because I'm all over and I'm the one that actually boomed this business and took it to a whole new level and took responsibility for it and built marketing channels for it and established it and 
uh, and because of that, we're really close. But if we didn't have the business, we, we didn't talk. We weren't close. Now, my dad uh, would always be a responsible father. And whenever I needed help, he would give me the help. Whenever I needed support, he would always find a way to support me. But beyond that, we didn't have any sort of relationship. Uh, so it's not like I had him as a mentor or somebody driving me along the way. I, re I, di I didn't really have that at all, at all along the way. Not, not from my mom or not from my dad. It is a, uh, I can tell you that my mom still doesn't even believe that I become such a um, entrepreneur, uh, most more successful than all of his kids, uh, all of her kids, right? So I don't know how exactly how it happened, man. I mean, I keep on looking at it. I didn't have a mentor like that. I just didn't have it. Uh, I actually have more mentors now than I did back then. Mm -hmm. I have a uh, you know, people that I learn from every day. I mean, there's a, a guy that's, that I'm really close with uh, who, who runs a $350 million corporation. And I learn from him now every day. My corporation is only like five, $6 million a year at this point. So I look at him and I'm like, whoa, right? There's so much more room to grow. And I have people like incredible Amazon teachers, e-commerce guys like Ben Cummings, somebody that's really close to me. And I learn from him every day. I have mentors now. I didn't have them on my way over here. So it's not something that I can give you guys as an excuse to have, right? I actually had to figure it out along the way how to find out things that I could learn that could increase my value. Because that's the thing that most people need to keep in mind. And that's very important. Um, it's the money on your bank account does not determine your value. How much money you have on your account does not determine your worth in society. What determines your value is how much do you know? How much information do you have? And that's why I always tell people, look, this is the thing. I don't know why you guys cannot just um, think about this for a second, right? Hand me that trash can for a second. You see this trash can right here, okay? So obviously people are on a podcast, you're listening to this, you gotta visualize this. It's a trash can, okay? <laughs> if, I, if I grab paper, um, toilet paper, and I, I, I need to throw it out in the trash can, okay? I keep on throwing it in here, throwing it in here. Eventually, I mean, you can squeeze a lot of paper in there, several rolls, right? Easily. But there's going to be a point in which that trash can, it needs to be emptied. There has to be a point in which, and you might wonder, what's the point? It's coming, okay? It's coming. There's a point in which it's inevitable or if it's going to, it's going to overflow. Trust me, I've been to bathrooms with overflowing trash cans, all right? Even in my own office, I complain to my guys because I, I'm like, I have to grab my feet and push it in. I'm like, guys, come on, just pick up the bag and throw it out, right? This is a crazy thing that we all take for granted. Super crazy. Check this out. Now, visualize your mind as a trash can. It's an unlimited trash can that you can put as much information as you want in it. And it's all limited. There's no point in which the information overflows. How cool is that? So if you want to be more successful, you know what you have to do? You got to put more information in that trash can. It's incredible. Once you realize that simple, simple, but powerful datum, mm -hmm. trust me, I didn't read this in a book. I made this up myself, right? It's logical. Information determines how much success you have in life. We have been paying people for information for ages. Doctors are getting a lot of money 
supposedly because they have certificates on the wall and they're supposed to know more than everybody else. And that's why they get paid more. Architects, engineer, all these guys are getting paid money and good money because they're supposed to know more. That's all. So if you want to be more successful, don't look at your bank account. Look at your information in your mind. If you need to understand how to run Facebook advertising to increase, increase your worth, hey, come on, guys. Listen to a podcast on Facebook advertising, all right? Get yourself trained. Buy yourself a $15 book. Get some YouTube training. Everything that you can for free, understand how the platform works. If you want to understand how to build a YouTube channel, study it. Find information. Increase your worth. You know how it is. Like, there's a quote that I use a lot of my seminars from the philosopher Seneca that says that uh, what does it mean to get lucky? And he says that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Mm -hmm. So what happened to me, just a real life example in 2014, was that after a year of learning, 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 learning information, accumulating, wow, I get it. I know how Amazon works. I know how to list a product. I know how to write a title, how to do images, bullet points, copyright. I know how to run a Facebook ad to drive people there. I get it. What do I need to do now? Okay, I now get it, right? At that point, an opportunity was presented. And a person with more money than me said, hey, I can put in some money for us to sell some bed sheets. Fantastic, let's do it. You know what I'm gonna put in? I'm gonna put in this information right here and that's how I'm gonna earn a partnership. I got 34% control of the company and I got the other two partners who own 33%. Imagine that. Without a single penny, I had more control of that company than everybody else in that company. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it was assumed that I was more valuable than all of them because I possessed the most valuable commodity in this entire universe, knowledge. When you have that, you win the game. So the basics of success for anybody out there is accumulating enough knowledge until you succeed on something. Now, sure, you might be telling me, wait a second, Manuel, but there's a billion pieces of information out there and people teaching it and how do I learn what and who's teaching wrong information and who's trying to just take my money? Well, that's part of the research. You got to find out who is actually good. I can tell you that I am honest. I'm hardworking. I, my content is all about giving real, actionable, practical, practical stuff that people can implement. You want to find out about Facebook ads? You want to find out about social media marketing, about marketing? Well, go ahead and follow me. Consume my content. It's all free. At some point, maybe you trust me enough that you want to join my program so you can go down a roadmap. Find somebody on Amazon that's going to teach you things. Find somebody on e-commerce that is going to teach you things. Study their content. You want to find out how to rank your listings on Google? Go find this guy, Neil Patel. He's an incredible teacher. You want to find out about Shopify? Go get Ezra Firestone and consume all his content. Guys, we have a vault of information out there accessible to increase your value that eventually will lead into opportunities. All right? Is that powerful? That's just basically the basics of success that most people fail to implement. They keep on looking for these weird opportunities or this uh, hidden the lotto or like 
I don't know, um, that miracle product is going to make him a billionaire or this yeah. invention. And that, those are the things that we need to address. And that's the difference between a winning entrepreneur and a losing entrepreneur, somebody that can actually recognize these opportunities and learn the right things and just jump all over them so they can actually take advantage of them. That's all. Yeah, I think on that, one of the things that I was told recently is there's no need to reinvent the wheel. You've got a roadmap to follow from people. Follow what works. And it seems like that's exactly what you did. You followed what worked and what you found. You got it. That's a good point yeah. right there, Neil. That's a good point right there because um, why, why are you going to try to invent the next Amazon? Amazon is already there. And it already has... 50% of every dollar spent on the internet. Why not learn how to utilize it? Uh, why are you trying to figure it out uh, what the next Facebook is or invent the next Facebook app? Why not just figure out how to use it? Take advantage of existing platforms to be able to monetize and grow your business. Learn how to get your message created and get it distributed so people can see it and you can actually get more attention, which is going to lead to more business for yourself, right? It's, it's interesting, right? So a little bit like I, I work for like LinkedIn, Shopify Plus and all these. So not, not a stranger to what you're saying and in many ways and forms. And again, I'll sit nodding my head to what you're saying. I'm loving hearing it. It is just the fact of like people pay for the roadmaps, as you said, but also like convenience. And that's where I go back to like, it's not for everybody as far as like understanding that eureka moment you had. You were also plus 30 before it all of a sudden dawned on you. And it's kind of like Pandora's box open and you're like, okay, knowledge is wealth. At the end of the day, there's nothing else. That's all I do. I accumulate knowledge, knowledge. But, but most people, unfortunately, just don't reach that. Like there has to be, you, you were backed into a corner, right? And then it, it, it appeared as face. So there was a, there was what you thought in the beginning might've been a, a bad thing happening was a blessing in disguise. And that's what I see like for a lot of people is that they get comfortable. You have your safety in nine to five jobs. There's a, there's a paycheck coming in. So, what you're talking about, about spreading that message. I think a lot of people will hear it and they will, they'll hear the words, but I think until they like really become in a situation where they have to understand it and really get it in their heart, then it, that's the, the funny thing about this here. Like I've, I've consulted a lot of people, helped a lot of people and they will just pay for convenience, but they won't finish a course. They won't really implement it until they're back into a corner. So I, I really love hearing your message, but I also think that is a big, big hurdle for a lot of people is they go like, yeah, yeah, but I have the safety of the job. It'll, that will keep me afloat. So they will never have to go to the, the length of what you're doing and what you're teaching. Uh, more just a thought than a necessarily question, but that's what I've seen as well is people have to be forced into success many times. You got it. You got it. And sometimes, uh, honestly, unless somebody decides to become successful, nothing's going to happen, man. Nothing's going to happen. That decision is first, right? So yeah. Um, just going back to the subject of knowledge, you got to first decide that you want to be successful and then you follow it along with implementation of study routines to increase your worth by learning new things. Yeah. That's the process. All right. Listen, now this is one where it's going to get real fun for me and Neil, I think, and whoever's listening who's ahead of this as far as the mindset goes, like, you chose Facebook Messenger. That's the one you've really put like, like a lot of knowledge in. I know your agency does a various, various tasks within it, but I would love for you to take us to school now about why Messenger marketing specifically and what you kind of see, foresee for the future. And, and any golden nugget you can say, this is how I use it right now. And this is what would be really valuable. So the floor is yours once again. 
Well, for, for, uh, throughout ages, um, since I became a marketer, um, then I realized that I was a marketer. Um, I've heard this saying, and this saying has been around for decades, and that's the money is in the list. Mm-hmm. Meaning that the bigger your list, the more money you can generate for your business. It's common sense, right? If you uh, give you an analogy, a simple one, if you have to um, participate in a fishing competition and your job is to catch as many fish as possible, let's say that you get presented with two lakes and, uh, and you got to choose one and you're also getting information about that lake, dimensions and how many fish in each one. Well, uh, you're obviously going to choose the one that has the greatest possibility of catching fish. And what is the thing that's going to determine that? Quite obviously, how many fish did you have in the lake? So if you have 100 fish in one lake and then you have 1,000 fish in the other lake with the same dimensions, it's a no-brainer, right? The only factor would be, wait a second, if, for those of you guys that want to get super technical, how about if only one person goes to the other lake and on this one there's 1,000 fishermen? Well, that's a factor. Let's say that we have the same amount of people on both sides fishing on that, on that lake. Well, I'm going to go with the one that has the most fish. Why is that the case? Because this is a universal law. The more people, the more elements, the more fish you have in a certain area, the more possibility of leveraging that attention, right? Whether you're a fish, whether you're a human, whether you're an animal, no matter what, if you're able to corral people at a high degree, larger quantity, then you can win the game. So what I figured out a few years ago, which again happened accidentally, I am one of the uh, top messenger experts on the planet right now. I can say that right now, uh, feeling confident about it. Uh, just my agency, myself, we won the, uh, m- what they call the most engaging bot, mm-hmm. meaning that literally we got the best bot, right? Uh, because it's the one that produces the most engagement and interactions and, and uh, we build a channel which has close to a million people now in it, that we uh, have the biggest pond. We built the biggest lake of fish. And we use that lake to, set, to send a lot of business to Dr. Berg, uh, which is the client that holds his account. Now, I repeated this process many times. Like uh, the reason that my dad's messenger channel did not win was because it's Latin American channel. So these guys in ManyChat, they're, they don't speak Spanish. They speak Russian and they speak English, right? So, so I did the same thing. Actually, my dad's messenger channel was first. That's the first one that I built. And that channel, that messenger channel, I created strategies on social media to leverage attention on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on email. And all I did was I constantly flooded the messenger channel and I brought people into the messenger channel. And once they came inside that channel, uh, some people call it a channel. Some people call it a bot. My preferred word is a channel because it's a, it's a place for me to be able to put something on a line that is going to be seen by people and for me to produce a response. That's a channel. Two ways, right? That's the thing. There's a two-way communication here. People can actually ask questions. I get a human interaction. And then otherwise, they get a lot of interaction with the actual uh, content. And, uh, and they get education, information. And they actually get very engaged with the content in it. So we grab content, which you must have. Mm-hmm. If you are planning on creating a Facebook Messenger channel, 
but you at the same time are not planning on creating content, then you shouldn't even go there. Don't create it. All right. When I talk about content, I'm talking about videos. Uh, I'm talking about copy. I'm talking about um, writing articles, uh, doing podcasts. If you're not planning on doing any of that stuff, then a messenger channel is not for you. A social media channel is not for you because these channels are meant for you to be able to capture attention by utilizing your information as a magnet to bring people in. That's the way it works. I mean, I generate a lot of business for my agency by capturing attention on social media, on podcasts, on social, on YouTube channels, etc. I put my information out there, I pull attention in, and then I can do something with that attention. I get email subscribers, I get message subscribers, and then I'm able to generate business. So social media, Messenger, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of these platforms require that you create a content strategy, content that is actually going to be valuable to somebody else. And now you work on getting it seen by people by understanding distribution of that content. And that's where people fail. They, they think that just by creating content, it should be enough. No, because social media today, more than ever, requires that you pay to play. You need to be able to advertise on it to get more attention. So you need to know how to distribute your content to get it seen, and now you can leverage to bring it into your own world. So Messenger, the way that I structure it is that I grab content and I create the channel. Sequences, interaction, mini courses, resources, menus with invitation to go and visit the website, to download something. And I do all that good stuff in that channel. And once I have it ready, it's like writing a book, right? You're not going to sell the book unless you write it first. Just like once I have it ready, then I can bring people into that channel and nurture and educate and provide value. And by doing so, I earn the right to sell them something. I don't believe I have the right to sell to somebody unless I have given them something of value first, a resource, information, a training, something. I don't sell to anybody that I haven't had a, enough energy mm -hmm. at nurturing them first, educating them and providing value. And that is a path on any messenger channel that I have seen successful and I have done it better than anybody else because what I've done is that I built it intuitively with the idea that, hey, if I want to win in this game, I need to capture attention. And if I want to capture attention, I need to give them something interesting for them to want to pay attention. And that's how I do it. And that leads me to be able to promote things, sell them things because I have that attention. And that is the five-minute explanation of a Facebook Messenger channel right I now. Lo I love it. So one thing that came to my mind that I actually wrote it down so I won't forget it, is it's about a lot of people may not have the luxury of time of, of actually being able to do and fail a lot of quick. So did you actually study a lot of these things, Manuel, or did you have the luxury of actually going out and failing a lot to pick this up? Or how did you come about that you now say, I want to provide value first beforehand? Was that a case that you maybe started with direct selling and then you're like, whoops, nobody's biting on, on this uh, hook that I have in the water? Or I'm just curious about what your approach towards the learning curve is. You know, um, there, there was a certain intuition uh, on my part that social media was not a channel for selling. Mm. It was a channel for building audiences. For some reason, as a marketer, I didn't um, look at it as a television platform, a radio, a magazine, or a newspaper. I saw it as a channel 
for us to capture attention and, uh, and bring people into our world that will give me a chance to sell them something in the back end. So I never went too aggressive since I started uh, direct selling anything or generating leads. For example, Natural Slim, which is our international weight loss business, uh, we generate leads, but only leads of people that have engaged with the content. They have seen my dad's content on social, across social platforms, and that's how we do it. And you didn't have, as far as like studying now, now you have mentors and all of these things. Uh, I'll be very curious about some, for when your Amazon venture started, to so you starting gaining all this confidence and starting to like really get those eureka moments. Like what was the time span from before you really started picking up and going like, okay, now, now it's starting to opening up for me. Like now I know I need mentors. Now this from the Amazon till you started the agency. When did it, the penny really drop for you? I think the six, first six months that I was uh, studying about Amazon, uh, I, I just put my head down and I studied and I implemented and I aggressively implemented. Uh, I never looked for a mentor. It's like I told you, like uh, my mentors, um, I just started getting connected now with some of these big guys that I'm big enough now that they want to have me close because I provide value to them. I have a big mentor uh, that he happens to pay me a lot of money to work for him. Okay. Even though I will probably pay him yeah um, to work for him you know so just because he's that guy but i never had that thing i mean i i studied again like i was explaining to you guys i studied ben cummings i studied uh, yeah. uh jason flatland i studied some of these guys uh, when it comes to facebook advertising and social i went on my own i figured okay. things out there wasn't enough training uh the one thing that i did do was that there's a free training by facebook um on a program called right certifications they're called facebook blueprint yeah and uh, any of you guys can go and search for it again that's free it's all yeah. information free courses a lot of them all right a lot of training uh, uh, probably dozens of hours of training all right on all these platforms and how they work and if you go to a facebook page you can search for facebook blueprint and you're going to see a facebook page and there's a lot of training in there so i did a lot of that Mm -hmm. uh, I got certified as a Facebook buying professional, as a Facebook planning professional. So that, that's when it comes to Facebook. Um, but it was just that training that I did at that point. Um, and we, I started to take off probably six months into aggressively building my Amazon brand on my spare time. I started to take off. And then for the next year, I aggressively worked towards being able to uh, quit my job. And just focus on my Amazon brand. And that eventually happened like six, nine months into that. So it took me about a year of uh, working in the mornings, working at night times, four or five hours every single day on the weekends of not going out on parties or, or not wasting my time on binge watching shows uh, or, or playing Angry Birds or any of that stuff. It was like aggressively doing that until I was able to, uh, to quit my job and just focus on that. Yeah. Preach. I love hearing this. Yeah, I live by those rules now. Uh, but yeah, also something had to happen right with it. One thing I, you haven't, you touched on it briefly early on was about finding your, uh, your assistant and actually being able to like vet them. How is it now to have gone to all of a sudden have people working under you? How did you learn about selecting the right people and scaling that up? Because I imagine that's a whole nother book to read and start learning about. Like what was your approach in that? Um... Wow. So I actually did a podcast on this. So if anybody okay. wants to yeah. check it out, uh, it's called From 
the podcast name. Uh, well, my I haven't talked about my podcast, but it's called the Facebook Marketing Ninja Podcast. Uh, yeah. And there's a podcast episode which was done a few months ago, which is called "How I Went from Free to Forty Seven Staff." I think that's what it's called. Okay. And in it, I detail my exact process, which again I did it without any training. Uh, the moment in which I there was a point in which we were doing $700,000 a month on our Amazon brand that I was completely overwhelmed and I felt like nobody can help me because I'm the only one that can do things well. Mm -hmm. I was stuck, but I looked at my partner and I said, I'm going to try it out and I'm going to find somebody. And I went to a company called 24 seven VA, which is, um, 24, I believe is the number 24 and then seven, uh, which is the letter seven, um, spelled and then seven, um, 24, seven VA.com, something like that. Yeah. And, um, you guys can check it out. Uh, but it's, um, it's a company that I actually reached out to and they, um, gave me some resumes of people and I picked one and I liked that person and I gave him a job and they started helping me. And what they did was that they, they, um, shadowed me. They mirrored me. They followed me around for months, uh, meaning that I was always sharing my screen when I was working. I was always having them on a call. They would see everything, every single thing that I did from creating a campaign on Facebook to creating a, uh, a PPC campaign on Amazon to creating a listing to doing a Shopify channel to reaching suppliers and talking to them to anything that I did, I had them look at what I was doing and learn from me. This person ended up being a very productive individual. So I got lucky. They worked with me for about four years and they just quit two years ago, uh, three years ago. No, about a year and a half ago, he quit. And, that's, and we were friends and he quit because he felt he was ready to take on his own business, which I was proud of him. He learned yeah. so much, right? So he worked with me for years. Uh, he became really valuable. He learned a lot and he was really good. So I just figured out a system for training people. Like I just... The way that you would do it is that you document every single thing that you do. You're always recording your screen. You're always writing the actions that you do, the steps, what they call the SOP, standard operating procedures, so every single thing that you do. And you create a knowledge base. You create a, a training center to educate your people on what you do every day. And if you do that, you can build a team. And now I have about 25 people on the Philippines. I have 15 people here locally now. Uh, I have another... 14 that are spread out from Europe to, I got people in Croatia, in Greece, in Mexico, and uh, all over the place, in other parts of the United States. And we have systems in place to train them. And, and that's a key. The key is to never be the only one good at something. When you know how to do something and you know you're successful, document it. And when you bring somebody else in, show them what you do and let them do it and let them get better. And either they make it or they don't. I can tell you that I have had to fire a lot of people because they, are, they don't have the energy, they don't have the drive, and they're not a good match. Mm -hmm. So like one thing that I learned uh, for other years is that it's okay for you to bring people in fast only as long as they're able to get rid of them fast too. You know, if they come in and they don't do well and you don't like the flow, you can just get rid of them as soon as possible. And that's what I would do. Just don't hold on to people just because you don't want to hurt people's feelings or any of that stuff, right? Know how to get people that actually are going to help your company. 
if they don't help your company, if they don't match with you, get rid of them fast and move on because you have a big goal and a big purpose. And because of that, anybody that steps in the way, you need to move out so you can continue to climb up. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you just said goal. I got to ask you, how do you go about the goal setting? Do you have one big one that you're incrementally aiming towards or do you do like the Amazon goal, the messenger goal, or, or what are we going towards? And like, what's the big one? If you can share. You know what? My, my job in this company right now is to be the big thinker here. I always have to be, to think about what are our next year going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I'm establishing the big thinking. And then I have a lot of guys in the individual departments establishing the goals for the departments. And I, I'm, I'm basically going to approve those goals and just make sure that I help them along the way to also get them there. But I'm always thinking about next month, next year, what are we going to do so we can keep on growing? Uh, one successful action that I did, which I'll tell you that, is that before I had anybody else, it was just myself. And this, you can, you can probably go back to a lot of successful entrepreneurs. Um, Grant Cardone, um, these guys talk about every single day setting your goals. Every single day. Write down a list of everything that you want to accomplish that day. Uh, write down a list of everything you want to accomplish in the next 30 days and in the next 90 days, in the next year. And just keep that up to date. And always push yourself to the next level. Like if you wake up in the morning, when you have your coffee, the first thing that you should do is sit down with a piece of paper or a notepad in your computer and write down what you want to accomplish that day. What, no matter how real it is, just write it all down. And then the next day you move things that you actually were able to get done. And then the other ones you move into the next day. And that way you keep on pushing yourself to the next level. There's a um, there's this guy who actually, I actually, uh, I was on his podcast uh, last year. Um, his name is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. I don't know if you've heard about him before, but. No, I recognize the name. Yeah, he's, he has a very big podcast, uh, Entrepreneur on Fire. It's one of the biggest business podcasts in the world. He came out with a book and this is before I was, a, I was anything, like before I was uh, successful, uh, let's say. He came out with a book uh, and a journal, and he called it the, um, the Freedom Journal, the Freedom Journal. And, um, and the idea was to have consistent visualization of your goals. And I thought it was a great idea. And I invested, he actually had a Kickstarter campaign, and I invested in buying free books back then. It was like $100, something like that. You can probably buy these books on Amazon. Um, they're called Freedom Journals. And you open them up and it, it guides you on a day-by-day -day targets, goals, 30 days, et cetera. It has quotes, really cool entrepreneurial quotes. I bought it and I started following along. And uh, the crazy thing was that the goals that I put in there, six months later, accomplished. A year later, way more than accomplished. So that thing works. If you keep on putting your mind to a particular goal, if you keep on putting attention there, you will continue getting closer and closer. It's inevitable. Uh, I can tell you that um, I've also learned, and this is uh, my own philosopher from my own church, okay? He, um, he taught me that there is no such thing as failure. There's no such thing as failure. What does exist is lack of persistence. Mm -hmm. That's what exists. And when somebody wants to succeed at something, even if he fails many, many, many times, if he wants to try it again, he can. And he can continue trying until he succeeds. And anybody out there has the same power. 
you can continue trying things until you become successful. And entrepreneurship is almost like being a baseball player, right? If you get on base uh, three out of 10 times, if you get to hit the ball correctly and, um, and get home, that doesn't happen much. But when it does happen, you're a superstar, right? And um, I don't know if you guys know about baseball, but oh yeah, yeah. on baseball, if somebody gets to uh, hit the ball three times out of 10 successfully, you're a superstar. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship is similar like that. If you get to do a business and you're successful three out of 10 times, you're a winner, man. You're a winner. That's, that's a good thing. Whether that's an e-commerce on Amazon or like an e-commerce or like a brick and mortar or service, yeah. a podcast, a training, whatever it is, it applies. It's not going to be nine out of 10. That's not the reality of business. I mean, just look at the stats. Um, 95% of businesses do not make it past five years. 95% of businesses. So it's a reality that most businesses that are being created today, 95 out of 100 businesses that are created today will not exist in five years. It's the truth. It's, it's That's business. Yeah, and I, I see you, Manuel, doing like, uh, there's one thing I'm big on, right? It's personal branding. And I see you kind of coexist in both realms. I see the Suarez.com training, and I also see the, uh, the agm.agency.com and seeing kind of that, that you're setting yourself up for anything of, of these things to just have that be, you know, like part of your, your, your marketing plan. And I love seeing that as well. I was like, oh, he's, he's definitely on the ball here specifically. Uh, and what you're saying, like, I love the Edison quote, like Edison failed, what was it, 5,000 times? That's how he looked. 10,000, I think. 10,000. That's right. That, that kind of quote. So uh, one thing you've done now, we've talked a lot about your successes and what people have to do. What is the hardest thing about being as successful as you've then been in such a short time? Or what's the thing that's really tough? What's the shadow side to all this sudden thing that, uh, that we've been talking about? Like what's, yeah. Wow. Uh, for me, uh, building a business is so much fun. Um, I can tell you that the funnest thing that I have, the, the thing that I enjoy the most is building a team of people. Uh, at the same time, uh, it's also a challenge because not everybody matches up to your purpose. Mm-hmm. So that could be also a hard thing to build a, peop- uh, to build a team of people around you that trust you and that have a drive comparable to yours because as a leader, you can't really expect everybody to have the same passion. It's, it doesn't make sense, especially since you're the owner, right? Uh, but it's a challenge. Uh, I've had a lot of people, I have a lot of difficulties with uh, employees in the past. I've given power to people that I shouldn't have given power to, and they have affected the business. And uh, that has been a, an issue for me along the way. Now, uh, if I would, if you were to ask me if I have any regrets about what I've done, absolutely not. Um, no regrets. I think that any challenges that I've had along the way, are challenges that every single one of them have helped me grow and get better and get more experience. And um, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I hadn't gone through those challenges. Hmm. And if it would have been just all super simple and put on a silver platter, um, I get to a higher level and now I experience those things and those issues, the crashes are way, way more damaging. The higher you get, the bigger the crashes are. You know, it's the way it is, right? If you go up a building and you uh, are, go to the balcony on the fourth floor, there's a certain amount of uh, impact that you're going to get. Now, you keep on cra- going up, go to the 10th floor, and trust me, your impact is going to be quite, quite harder, right? 
And the same thing in business, uh, as you, um, as you grow, um, the attacks get bigger. People that are attacking you, that are, uh, people that are haters, uh, the, the ones that don't believe in you, that criticize or complain, they get louder. But also at the same time, the mistakes can be way more damaging than at the bottom. And that's all part of it. So I'd rather experience things at the bottom, make a lot of mistakes at the bottom, that in the future when I'm up there, I already know what I went through and I know I wouldn't repeat it because I already went through it. So I think it's a great thing. I love uh, going through these problems and making mistakes. And even though they bother me because I'm like, damn, I don't like going through these things. Once I get through them, um, I look back and I appreciate the fact that I went through it because it just makes me that much better. Awesome answer. I like, and, and it is food for thought, this thing about like, you have to be thick skin. Definitely. I can imagine like the amount of noise coming your way in this year. You have to probably roll with the punches much more. So I can, uh, I can really appreciate that. You know, uh, I won't take up, or me and you won't take up more of your time. This has been absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you taking the time out here. I have one final question. I know Neil usually likes to end on a, a kind of a, an ice finisher question off as we started out with, uh, you have your own platforms and you're really good at talking and you, you, this year I'm not expecting you to answer, but maybe we can get something out of you. Is there a question you never get asked that you would like to answer? Hmm. Wow. Is it a question that I never get asked that I would like to answer? Um, well, what is my drive? What, what makes me go every single day? What makes me wake up in the morning and be excited about the day? I never get asked that question an important question right it's definitely an important one yeah do you mind answering it yeah absolutely um i believe that um it's so cliche martin it's so cliche but for me um i'm at the point right now in which i feel like i have uh, woken up and there's no turning back uh seven years ago eight years ago nine years ago I had no wish for greatness. I only wanted to live life and enjoy it and try to get as much as possible as I could from it. Today, I have a strong burning desire for greatness. Uh, maybe that's selfish. I don't know what, but it drives me every day. I want to accomplish great things. I want to help a lot of people. I want to uh, leave an impact. I think a part of uh, why I have that feeling right now and why I'm going for that right now is because I didn't realize the power that I had. Back then, I didn't know I was powerful. I was able and competent. I didn't know that I would drive the energy of so many people. I didn't believe that I could be a leader like I am right now. And I have people, sometimes I, I have moments and I think about it and I try to let it sink in. And sometimes I'm like, wow, is this really happening? Am I the leader for all these people under me? These people all look up to me. They depend on me. They all are wondering what my next step is. Whatever I say, they say, yes, sir. And that's incredible. So I have a soldier under me ready to go to battle at all times. I got an army of people under me. And that for me drives me every single day now. So the way that I'm looking at it right now is that I'm just getting started. I'm growing really fast. I'm getting big effects accomplished across anything that I do. I got more and more people that want to get closer to me and have me help them. So because of that, 
my goals have expanded mm -hmm. and now I'm shooting for greatness. What I didn't even dream about seven years ago, it's part and parcel of my beingness every day and it drives me every day. I want to make sure that when I hit 60, 50, 70 years old, I want to make sure that my kids can look back and be like, wow, I'm so proud of dad. Look at what he's done. Oh my God, look at the lives that he's changed. Look at the empire that he created. That is power. I have that fire in me right now. Something that I didn't have most of my life. So seven years ago, this was all unreal. Today, it drives me every day and it gets me excited to just go to the next level and accomplish greatness. It's the purpose. There's no particular end point. It's not, it's not like there is a, um, there's an end to this race. There's not a, uh, uh, a finish line. For me, it's like the idea of getting through this, the process, the energy every single day that we put forward. That's what drives me every day. And I enjoy doing that more than anything. That's what gets, it's fun. It's exciting. And it's, again, doing what you love. There's nothing like it, right? Every philosopher throughout time has talked about that from Socrates to all these guys, right? Like do what you love and you never work another day to uh, um, uh, uh, this guy, um, uh, Zig Ziglar, right? He's talked about that. Do what you love, right? If you can figure out that thing that you're passionate about that puts you on fire, then man, what a great life that is. When I, when I get to the end of my life, I'm going to feel like I did everything I could to enjoy and have a great life instead of regretting what I could have done. And that's my drive every day. There's so many questions that merit onto that, and I almost hate that we're finishing on this. And I bet you Neil is thinking the same. But uh, yeah, Manuel, I'm chancing it and inviting you back in the future. We'll see if we can make it happen. Absolutely. How many podcasts have you guys done now? Huh? You are our 18th episode, so we're fresh out of the boat uh, and no plan to stop. And basically, everything you've been saying here has been preaching to uh, to to like I just been loving hearing it, and there's a. Uh, there's so much to pull from it. So this is just a training. This is partly only one of the things we're doing as well, like yourself. Like this That's is great. get a vehicle to network and get to know it. But yeah, Neil, over to you. Yeah, so I, th I think start with, before I get to my question, there's yeah. sort of three things that I've picked up that I kind of just want to say again for the audience. So one of them is the fact that you hit a breaking point. You had to file bankruptcy. And many people, when that happens, they shut down they'll start drinking or whatever they'll just collapse but if you push yourself you can create great things from that so it's kind of that fight or not kind of thing um the second part that i found very interesting is i mean you're you're a big name you've got awards for your messenger bot but you're also telling us that there's a 350 million dollar a year guy so you're even then you're a small fish compared to him. So there's massive market for anyone that's interested in getting involved in this. Um, and I think the third thing that I found very interesting is if somebody wants to do what you do, they can come work with you and learn everything you do. Take all that knowledge, learn as much as they can and then set up for themselves like your assistant did. I call that getting closer to the sun. Yeah. You want to learn, you want to learn, you want to make sure that you, uh, Take advantage of opportunities out there. Uh, get close to people that are actually doing it out there and learn from them. Yeah, and actually pay attention and take everything in. Don't just do your nine to five and 
go home, just you got it. Learn as a sponge. Um, yeah, so I just kind of wanted to bring those bits to front forefront for the audience. Um, for my icebreaker question, you've made a lot of money. If you could pick anywhere to live in the world, where would you go? <laughs> uh, you know, I've been to a lot of places now, a lot of places. Uh, and um, there's places that I'm, I'm, I still have my bucket list, like South Africa, Africa. And I can't think about many that I haven't gone yet, but maybe Brazil, uh, I'd like to check that out. But to live, if I could pick anywhere in the world, uh, where would I live? You know, um, I've never thought about that question, but I'm going to say that uh, there's Puerto Rico would be my island. You know, if I had, uh, I was born and raised over there. It's a beautiful island. Um, if I could pick anywhere in the world, I actually can. Uh, let's be honest, all right, right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at the point in which I could live anywhere I wanted to. So the question, the question right now, I don't know how much the cost of living in Dubai is. I'm going, I'm going in December to, to Dubai. Um, I know it's an expensive place. But I believe that with what I make right now, I could definitely live anywhere in the world. The thing about it is that when you have a family, it's not about you. It's about them, right? Like I wanted to go and live in Dallas, but my kids refused to live in Dallas. Uh, that's where the Dallas Cowboys are at. My family's uh, got my wife from Texas and a lot of reasons why I was going to live there. So I ended up living in Clearwater, uh, Florida. And that's because that's where the family wanted to live. Uh, the family. If I were a single man, uh, willing to um, just go and live anywhere, I'll probably go and land in Puerto Rico myself and just live there and buy myself a beautiful uh, beach property and just um, be comfortable there because I love that environment. I love the weather and I love the island. So that would be my choice. But I stopped thinking about myself a long time ago, uh, Neil, a long time ago. And now I think about the rest of the people important around me. So that's a good question. I wasn't prepared for that one. <laughs> nice listen Great Manuel answer. thank you so much uh, for anybody listening I, I'm going to rattle off the list but I'll link every place you can check out Manuel on manuelsuarez.com manuelsuarezstraining.com you got the, uh, the agency you can find them on agm uh, agency.com I know you have a podcast you, you're, you're basically everywhere you got the omnipresence going so I will be linking everything for anyone there and I know that, that you're also more than, they're more than welcome to reach out to you on the messenger bot that I see popping up on the uh, the websites and uh yeah this has been uh, really enlightening and thank you so much for taking the time out for small fish like us here in, in the beginning of the journey i uh i truly appreciate it so thank you so much one step at a time i was there i appreciate it very much all right, all right guys keep going yeah. thanks thank for you. joining us okay bye-bye